Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hi, everyone. It's Allie Valentin here, and I'm here to let you know that the conversation you're about to listen to came from a live Q&A session on Chris's social media accounts. I hope you enjoy. Here we go. Happy Tuesday, everybody. From the snow mountains of... Redding, California. (laughs) (laughs) The snowy mountains of Redding, California. It has been the snowiest. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Have you seen the forecast for next week, too? Is it? No. Oh, it is snow. It is? Five days next week, guys. Gosh, here it goes. I just, I don't know about it. I don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) Might be packing my bags. No. We need the rain and the water, man. We do. I know. Come summer, we won't be complaining. We'll be like, thank God our our lakes are full. Totally. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm doing good. Doing good? I need two of me. I'm like, woo, Mm. going so many different places today. Juggling a million things in one day. Juggling. I don't know if I juggled very well, but I'm trying. (laughs) A few things fell (laughs) fell through the cracks. Totally. Oh, man. Well, you guys, let us know where you're tuning in from today. We always love to see that. The Bronx. You That's, weren't. Were you here when we did Jimmy's? Yeah, you were yes, here. We I was did Jimmy. Right here. Jimmy darts. Jimmy darts. That was wild. That guy's amazing. So fun. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Really cool. Really inspiring. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really inspiring. So if you haven't seen it, um, go and watch the live. It's on his Instagram right now. <laughs> Alrighty, so today we are going to jump into some questions. Let's jump. We are going to talk about spiritual encounters. Okay. Um, we have lots of questions for you I today. Bet. Let's start yeah. off with a very a foundational one. Okay. Okay. It's we'll we'll get you warmed up before we okay. jump into the deep stuff. So somebody's asked, "What is a spiritual encounter?" It's well, a great question, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it can be positive or negative, right? But the positive ones is positive spiritual encounters when you have uh, this connection with the Lord where you kind of lose, you know, it's what's that song like uh, how the world seems so strangely dim in the mm. light of his glory and grace. Yeah. I, I thrashed that, that line. But I think that when you have an encounter with the Lord where the Lord speaks to you, talks to you, feels you, changes you, mm-hmm. reminds you, you know, all of those things and I don't think they necessarily have to be like some kind of shaking or falling down mm-hmm. but I think when you're you're you are in the presence of God in a way that you can sense that he is you know near and in one way he's always near because he's right. he's inside of us but I think that when you when there's this feeling of enlightenment mm-hmm and sometimes it comes with uh, like a word, like yeah. it, sometimes it comes with a trance, you know, like Peter yeah. and John, I'm Peter and Paul both had trances. Sometimes mm-hmm. it comes with this sense of ecstasy or peace. Mm-hmm. And you, it's like this peace just engulfs you and you're, yeah. you're like, oh, what's happening right now? Mm. You know, but I think there's always a sense uh, when yeah. you're having an encounter. That's really interesting how you said it's, you're aware mm-hmm. of his presence. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we mark up an encounter as something that's this, I don't know, you know, like Jesus walked in my room or mm-hmm. I was transported to a different location, like something 
real out there, real, I don't know what the right word is, maybe even like mystical could be the right word. Yeah. Um, but you're even saying like, it could just be this overwhelming sense of peace. Yeah. Like you're, you have encountered Holy Spirit. You have encountered his, in, his presence yeah. in some way, somehow. Yeah. So, I that's think, really cool. you know, sometimes when you're in turmoil, like I can remember this deep peace coming on me during the COVID season when yeah. I'm like, I'm just in turmoil and we've got all these unanswered questions and all mm -hmm. these people pressing on us and, and employees that were trying to make sure they have their jobs. And it's just right. like, you know, it just gets so confusing and just, yeah. you know, laying down and then his presence just comes in sometimes no answers, mm. but you just have this overwhelming peace and you're like, this is all going to work out. Right, and it like doesn't make sense. Yeah, it like, doesn't. It shouldn't that's have not logical. Not really but peaceful situation. Yeah, but beyond I have understanding. A lot of, I'm gonna mm -hmm. give you peace beyond your understanding. Yeah, yeah. it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. So powerful. Okay, well, someone has also asked, how can you grow in discernment? Is discernment a gift? We talk a lot mm -hmm. about like discerning spirits or things of that nature. Maybe you could speak a little bit. To no, two that. two things. One, uh, the gift of discernment, which spoken of First Corinthians twelve. Mm -hmm is given through, often through the laying of hands of someone who actually walks in discernment. Mm -hmm. So if you want the gift of discernment, I, my, my, uh, my experience tells me, like find someone who walks in discernment hmm. and just have them pray that, you know, what, what they freely receive, that they freely give. Now, I don't yeah. know if that's the only way, like maybe you could ask for it just, you know, in your private time with God and totally. receive it. But I just know that that's the most common way people receive gifts. Uh -huh. And then the second part in Hebrews 5, it talks about your senses uh, being trained to discern both good and evil. And it, the pretext to that, like the mm -hmm. text before that, is talking about people that have milk can only drink milk right. and people that can eat meat. Right. And then sure. he talks about how maturity is actually growing in discernment. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I think discernment grows when we allow God to prune us, John 15. Yeah. Uh, and he said, you know, if you uh, abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you by my Father who's in heaven. Uh -huh. But the the pretext of that is that we allow God to prune us. Yeah. The, that also reminds me of the verse in Habakkuk where it mm -hmm. talks about continual practice. Mm -hmm you'll grow, I'm butchering this, but you know what I'm talking about, yeah. where through continual practice, you grow in discernment of the spirits, Yeah. right? Yeah, so I think that, I think one is we have to be able to be corrected. Now you're like, what's this have to do with discernment? I think that as you, as you become uh, more uh, willing to allow God to uh, disciple you and mm -hmm. correct you and teach you, that discernment is the natural out flow of that yeah and then secondly i do believe as i said is so this is a recap yeah that there is a gift of distinguishing or discerning of spirits that yeah. can be imparted to you that you still have to practice everything mm -hmm. in the spirit has to be practiced yeah that's really good yeah that's really good okay somebody's asked are angels assigned to just protect you or do they do more than that no, they they do a lot more than that. You know, Psalms, I think it's, I always get this verse, uh, the reference wrong. I think it's 105 verse 20. It says that the, the angels hearken to his voice and carry out his word. 
I, I'm going to check it real quick to see if I, I might just have the verse right. So it is the angels who answer your prayers and carry out your words, yeah. right? They fulfill your prophecies. Right. Uh, is it? Is this it? Remember the angel? No, it's not this one. So I'll look it up. But um, uh -huh. yeah, but it, it's the angels that answer our prayers and they fulfill our prophecies. Mm -hmm. And also, if you look at First uh, Corinthians chapter eleven. It talks about women, we're talking about the, the women issue, but women should have their heads covered for the sake of the angels when they're praying or prophesying. Same thing, why in those days did they have to have a sign of uh, submission? Because the angels are the ones who carry out, Yeah. they, they carry out our words, and, I mean our prayers, and they fulfill our prophecies. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I, I don't see the right reference. I'm gonna try it one more time. Um, but yes, so no, they do a lot more than protect us. They actually do fulfill our words. I think maybe it's 103 verse 20. Let's try this. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, once I get it, bless you. Yeah, here it is. Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. So the yeah. angels are the ones who perform the word of the Lord. Yep. Yeah, that's really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, somebody asked, what is a trance? We talk about that sometimes, mm -hmm. I and it feels like this out here thing but so biblical what does what does it look like well the actual word in the greek the word trance in the greek means to be out of your mind isn't that weird <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, it doesn't mean to be like you're crazy it uh -huh. means to be out of your mind and into his wow and i'll say that a trance is like a vision except for in a vision like if i had a vision like an open vision is a vision i see with my eyes a yeah. closed vision is a vision i see with my imagination mm. If I have an open vision, let's say I'm having an open vision, it's like there's a there is a TV screen right in front of me, and I can see what's on that vision, what's on that screen. That's an open vision. I see it with my eyes. I close my eyes, it's gone. Mm -hmm. I open my eyes, it's there. But in a vision, I can still I'm still completely aware of all my surroundings around me. Yeah. But when I'm in a trance, uh, it trances um, actually create. Uh, a um, an environment where you are unaware of anything else around you. Yeah, it's like it's it, like I don't know if this is the right articulation, but it's like you went to heaven. Yeah, and you can pick that person up. You can take them to their car, which I've done many times, <laughs> and they're having a vision. Mm. But the reason why it isn't just called a vision is because the their state of uh, consciousness. It's like being in a dream. Yeah, except for it's you know, except for the, it's a dream you, you don't wake up from. Right. And so you're having a dream experience in that you are unconscious of what's happening around you mm. and you're having a, you know, you're having the ongoing vision, but it's so intense that most of the time you can pick people up and move them around. You can take them to the car, you can put them to bed mm -hmm. until that trance lifts. That's they're in that state of, uh, you know, uh, conscious of the Lord and unconscious to surroundings. It's so crazy. I've seen so many people in trances. Yeah. I never pray for a trance. You know, I, I think that's wrong. I, I just think it's, there's no examples where someone prayed to be in a trance or mm. prayed for someone else to be in trance. Yeah. But uh, they happen spontaneously. They happen to Peter and they happen to Paul. Yeah. And I've seen them happen literally hundreds of times over the last 45 years. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. A lot of people ask the question too, like why do some people have these spiritual encounters and other people don't? Is oh my goodness. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Like I, I, like I, like, you know, the drunken falling down thing uh -huh. that was like Toronto, kind of, right. that was a Toronto, I, it never happened to me. One, one time I, I uh, came under that anointing for three days and couldn't go to work. That was it. 
like you know, and this is forty five years later. Mm-hmm. I've been in rooms where entire uh, people right. just fall I down. Like I've been, you know, where my wife is completely carried to the car, mm-hmm. and I'm, like I'm the last guy standing. So, you know, and I've asked my, I've asked the Lord that question so mm-hmm. many times. Like, how come it's, how come when that kind of manifestation is happening, doesn't touch me? Yeah. I don't know the answer to that question. Right. Somebody's asked, have you ever been taken up to heaven, like to have a, had a third heaven encounter or experience? I've had a third, third heaven encounters, not to heaven. Mm. But I've been taken to the future mm. a couple of times. I've shared both of them right. here. Uh, and that's kind of crazy, you know, the kind crazy of a crazy experience. experience. But I've never been taken to, to heaven that I know of, maybe in a dream, but never, right. you know, never, no, I haven't. Right. I have a lot of friends who have, and I've been there when somebody has one of those kind of, I don't know what they call them, like, you know, it's like these kind of mystical experience. Yeah. Yeah, Powerful. it's pretty wild. Actually. Pretty wild, is it yeah. right? And what's, what do you think the, or what is the mm-hmm. biblical purpose of encounters, right? We have a lot of, I don't know if skeptics is the right word, a lot of people mm-hmm. that are really unsure of this whole topic and how they feel about this idea. Well, you know, first of all, there's people that are hyper spiritual that mm-hmm. I think they kind of ruin it for everybody else mm-hmm. in that, you know, it's like, I went to heaven five times. It's like the apostle Paul said, I knew a man who went to the third heaven, you know, right? And he acted like it was a one lifetime encounter. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did more than once, but mm-hmm. so, you know, we have other people that's like, I go to heaven every day. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, so I think that that kind of creates those kind of, you know. Right, and then you see a lot of people where it feels like what they're seeking after is solely an encounter or an experience rather Mm -hmm. than the one that even gives you those things, which is a messy place to be in. Yeah, but uh, I will say that The true encounters that I've seen people experience, mm-hmm. that where I was there and, and saw it, mm-hmm. almost always leave people different. Yeah. Like they they actually are changed. They are changed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the most powerful, um, gosh, now I'm starting to think of a whole bunch of them, but I, mm-hmm. one of the most powerful ones was a woman who had migraine headaches for like, oh gosh, a long time, like a, two years. Mm-hmm. And, and they got so bad that she was in the hospital five days a week getting a, a shot for pain. And wow. anyway, she came here and then I'll give you the short story. She, she had an encounter. She's in a trance. She was on the floor. And, um, and what had happened is she'd had an abortion like many years before, maybe mm-hmm. I would say like 10 years before mm-hmm. or 15 even when she was a young woman and she yeah. was like a woman in her forties and she had forgotten. She, she had for, actually forgotten that she had had an abortion Wow! and, and, and she ended up on the floor and the Lord took her to her son that she had aborted. Who was, yeah, it must've been 15 years earlier That's crazy. in this, in this trance. And it was crazy. And she, she was laying on the floor, but she was describing the trance. And it, it crazy thing, I've never had this happen before, but the crazy thing is I was having a vision. That's right. I'm like, I feel like I remember you telling me this story before. Yeah, this is the crazy yeah. part. I was having a vision, and uh-huh. I could see exactly what she could see. But she was in a trance. So she was like unaware. And bottom line is her, she reconciled with her son in that, in that trance and with the Lord. Mm. 
and she woke up, it was probably two hours uh, when she woke up. Wow. She woke up with a burst of joy. She was laughing. Her headaches were completely gone. Wow. And it just set her completely free. Wow. And, and I've seen that happen over and over with people, not, yeah. not necessarily with abortion, but um, right, so, you know, encounters. yeah, encounters change people. They, change they don't people. always change people, but they often change people. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. That's really crazy. That's one of my very favorite uh, things I ever got a chance to witness. And you said you were having a vision. Like, what is that like? Are you actually I, seeing something? Yeah, I could, like, she was, she was describing what she saw. I mean, she was on the floor and she's yelling, can you see my son? Can you see my son? And I'm like, I could see her son. And I could see a gold, like a kind of like a pathway with the, the a field of purple flowers. Yeah. And she said, "There's a gold path in my son," and I and I I could see it vividly. Yeah. And I was and I her son was beckoning to her, and I and I said, "Your son's beckoning to you. Go to him." And she was like, "No, no," which is really weird because here's the weird thing: as I tell a story, my voice was in her trance. But she was unaware of anything else around her. That's so crazy. And I could see what she could see, although I was just having a vision. Wow. Not even an open vision. Like, in my mind, I could see what she could see. So it was a really crazy, wild experience. I've never had that wow. part happen before. But she got up from there, and she was totally well. God restored her marriage, which was her husband. Wow. Said, I'm done with you. She went back to, uh, she lived in the east. Wow. And God totally, totally restored her. It's powerful. Mm -hmm. so, uh, here's a follow-up question that somebody's asked is, do you think if a count, an encounter doesn't change a person that it isn't or wasn't real? Well, I mean, that's one possibility. The other possibility is, is that you have to steward encounters. That's a good point. So, you know, if you don't steward the encounter, like if this woman went back and let's say two months later, the feeling was gone and she's like, yeah, that was just a... I don't really believe that happened, you know, I think that, you know, people get really, you know, they get cynical when people get critical. Yep. And yeah. that's a great way to invite back in. For example, here's Saul, the Old Testament. He has an encounter with God, right? He's mm -hmm. changed into another man. Mm -hmm. Okay, he's changed into another man, literally. Yep. Right. He tears his clothes and he becomes like one of the prophets. Right. But the deal is he did not steward his encounter. Right. And, you know, a year later, he's literally, literally... And he is schizophrenic mm -hmm. and and bipolar, maybe schizophrenic. And he is he thinks David's out to kill him. Mm. David's trying to convince him he's not, and he tries to kill David. Mm. And so and then three times, and we talked we told this story not long ago, three times he has this he's, this encounter, this crazy encounter. Yeah. Which I wouldn't call it a trance at all. Like he has this encounter, and God touches him, he rips all his clothes off, he becomes prop he starts prophesying the prophets. Yeah. But he doesn't steward his encounter. Instead he stewards his jealousy. That's so tricky. So, you know, would you say he didn't have a real encounter? He had a real encounter. Right, it's what you do with it. It's after. what you do with it afterwards, yeah. An encounter will won't take the place of discipline and walking with the Lord. Yeah, a real relationship with him. Yeah. That's really interesting. Oh, I lost One third of the angels had an encounter with God and, and became demons. Right. So, here's another follow-up question to that. Uh, <laughs> How do you steward your encounters? I mean, you kind of briefly explained discipline and. Well, it depends. It depends on what the encounter's about, right? Right. So, 
Uh, I mean, you, you've you got to build, I, I see this picture of walls like around you so that you, that that encounter becomes mm. precious to you. Mm. Like, you take responsibility for it almost. Yeah, like Moses mm-hmm. encountering the the burning bush. Right. You know, there was a, there was something he was to do in that encounter. Right. Yeah. So he had to walk that out. Yep. And I think that oftentimes encounters lead to, you know, to personal revival and reformation. Yeah, they're purposeful. They're purposeful. They're not, yeah. to, they're not for no reason. No. Yeah. And sometimes the reason is just for the Lord to love on you. Right. Right. You know, but but sometimes they come with an exhortation or, mm-hmm. or a discipline. Yeah. Or a to do or not to do. Right. And I think those things are important. You know, the, the deal is, and we all know this, like, you know, you're on the mountaintop, right? And you have this experience with the Lord, this, you know, mystical, ex, ex, I forget how you say this, but this, this mystical experience of the Lord. And you're like, oh, man, I need to do a better, I need to be a better father. And the mm. Lord shows you being a better father, whatever, better mother. Mm. And you have this whole, like, and you have this unction. And then, you know, two days later, that feeling's gone. Right. And now you have You're to just actually like have to face the challenges of being a father. <laughs> That's it. Now I have to actually be a good father, right? Yeah. And it's like it's not like you're going to go home and that that mystical experience is going to happen. And you're going to be like, "Son, come, I love you." It doesn't work like that, you know. <laughs> what right. happens is I have to walk out the encounter. Right. Even when the feelings on it reminds me of another mm-hmm. thing that you say often. And, yeah. Uh, d- n- Oh man, I'm going to completely butcher. Oh, you about mouth. marriage? Yes. Do what you do when you feel like it when you don't. Yes. So if, you know, when you're feeling lovey-dovey with your wife or your husband and you act a certain way, mm-hmm. when the feeling's gone, if you still act that way, even though the feeling's gone, you're going to have a great marriage. Yeah. I also am thinking, too, mm-hmm. like an important other aspect of this. This too. is actually fun, huh? I know. I like this. <laughs> another important aspect to remember, too, is that sometimes the Lord tells us something and the enemy likes to come in and make his voice really loud and tell us the complete opposite, right? So like going mm-hmm. back to... That's warfare right there. Right. Going back to what you know the Lord has said and remembering it to be true and declaring it over your life, even when it doesn't look like that. I'm thinking about even when you don't feel like it, mm-hmm. when it doesn't look like that word that he spoke over your mm-hmm. life or the encounter that you had with him is possible. You're like, God, look, don't you see? Like my son never listens to me for the father example. Yeah. It's like, oh man... I, I'm. You have all the lies coming in. I'm not a good father. I don't have what it takes. All the things and going back to actually, this is what I know. The Lord showed me what He said about me, yeah. and holding on to that over the loudness the enemy can be in our life. Man, I mean, think Genesis three. What you're right. saying right there is the, the the devil, the serpent says, "Did God say?" Right. Uh huh. Uh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, um, chapter four, I believe it is. Yeah, Nehemiah chapter four. Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls, and the and Sanballat and Tobiah and uh, Gershom come in and go, can they restore the walls? Yeah. Can they? They probe. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like there's like five levels of, are they capable? Uh, you know, are they skilled? Do they actually have a relationship with God? Yeah. And you know, and this is the the questions that come in. These are like they're just they're demonic questions. Yeah. That that are designed to take you out of the out of the encounter. Yeah. And, you know, you you have to be like Nehemiah. By the way, if you're going through that, my, my, my favorite chapters in the entire Old Testament have to be Nehemiah 1 through, two, through 6. Mm. Because those are the warfare chapters. Mm. And Nehemiah's name means comforter. Hmm. So he represents Holy, Holy Spirit. And the way that he battles 
Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and Gershom yep. is so profoundly simple and incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's powerful. Yeah. So good. Well, we are at time. Do you oh want to gosh. pray for those yeah. that are watching? Yeah, Lord, I pray for encounters with uh, that they would, that this, this body of people that follow us, yeah. Lord, we just bless them, by the way, but yeah. we pray for them to have encounters with you that are transformative, Mm -hmm. that change them, that transform them, that transform their families and their friends and their co-workers and their, and their, uh, even their enemies, Lord. And we, we just release these, these open visions, these mystical experiences, these trances, these, just the peaceful kind of, you know, uh, presence that fills the room when you're close. Yes. And we bless the people that are uh, walking with us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next Have week. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.